0: Alrighty, if you would turn in your bulletin to today's scripture verse, it is Romans 15, verse 13. Let us say it together. May the God of hope fill me with all joy and peace. And then as I trust in God, I will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, our Emmanuel, Like the three wise travelers of old, you are our new year, hope-filled way of life. In you we receive the gift of your love and find our hope restored. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. An original story written by my friend and mentor, the Reverend Dr. Mark McDonough. A little story for us today on this Epiphany Sunday. Josh Rankin always wanted to be the wise man in the pageant on Epiphany Sunday, but he was too small, and by the time he was big enough in his church, it had closed. And his family went to a church, well, where kids were not allowed to do much of anything. The wise men were always his older brothers and Tom Polly, With borrowed robes and cardboard crowns wrapped in tinfoil. they would clump down the center aisle of the sanctuary with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, also known as Josh's sister's jewelry box a perfume bottle from one of the ladies in the church who sold Avon, and the brass flower vase that would spend the remainder of the year on top of the piano in the fellowship hall. They wore tennis shoes. It was the only time their mother let them wear tennis shoes in church. And they also wore the half grin of a private joke that had started in the narthex. One year, Josh's minister got fishing line from the back of the church to the front, hung a plastic Christmas tree with a star on the line, and he fixed the flashlight on the back of the wall, and so from the Christmas tree came the star, and it came bobbing on the fishing line to the front of the chancel, with an usher reeling in the line, and the star bobbed its way up the center aisle through the glow of an ever-ready heavy-duty flashlight. And then came the three wise men, in bathrobes and tennis shoes, booming, we three kings of Orient are in time, to the bouncing star. Now Josh's sister, who could play the piano really well, she always wanted to be married. But since she was not as pretty as Cheryl, who Josh thought was really quite lovely, and since no one at the time had thought girls could be shepherds, let alone wise men from the East, as a matter of fact, huh, she always ended up playing the piano on Christmas and Epiphany, and whether she did or not, Josh thought his sister minded. Josh was Joseph skinny with these really big eyes always looked like his hair kind of needed something and he listened anxiously for his cue to walk out in the chancel and stand next to pretty sheriff and that all he had to do because he had no lines like everyone else is just stand there and look at the doll in the manger with a look of thoughtful holiness on his face while the wise men and the shepherds, they came forward and all said their lines. And at the end of the play, an unruly cast of characters they all were, they would sing joy to the world to the top of their lungs, and then the crowd would gather in fellowship hall for punch and cookies and proclaim how amazing they all were. Sometimes they would even sing Christmas carols, standing around the old, out of tune, upright. To this day, every January, on Epiphany Sunday, when the world in chilly stillness lays, Josh crunches through the glistening snow to a church, and he smells again as he walks through the door, the wet wool coats hanging in the foyer, the aroma of coffee drifting up from the fellowship hall. And then he hears the laughter of children, the singing of family and friends, old and new, gathered around an old piano. And the memories of that early Christmas pageant gather slowly before him like snow on the windowsill. But the memory tugs more strongly than the others, this one memory. It is the feeling of standing in the middle of the chancel in a hand-me-down bathroom that was always two sizes too big, wondering if he would ever be big enough to be a wise man, and hearing the minister's voice saying to him, it's all right, you'll grow into it. This year at the age of 35, Josh has discovered something different about that particular feeling, He's discovered that he's experienced it not only on Epiphany Sunday, but every time he thinks about Jesus, of Jesus's great love for all people, of the cross he carried for us all, and his desire that we love all others as he did and does love us. Like the wise men's robes of long ago, Josh puts on Jesus's love it's always two sizes too big and he wonders if he'll ever be big enough to love as jesus loves the end what a great question what a great question on epiphany sunday are we ready to grow into jesus's love that for most days seems like it's two sizes too big for all of us And yet Jesus tells us his love is made a perfect garment in size for each and every one of us. So what does this story of the wise men really mean, whether we're talking about that age-old story from from Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 2, or we're talking about Josh? Or more personally, what does Epiphany Sunday and those wise travelers of old mean for you? So today on this day, it means that we find ourselves in the good company of the wise men. And just as they once did, you and I need to decide here and now, are we going to follow Jesus in 2022? When it comes to the wise men, I always have to remind myself that of something that seems really obvious that I always glance over that jesus wasn't born in their own hometown in order to find him they had to leave everything they knew everything that was familiar to them they had no idea how long they'd be gone and we know that it was actually years and they had to embark on this journey of faith following god's lead not their own every faithful step at a time They had every odd against them. Ruthless King Herod was the one that gathered them together, and they had been watching the stars, and they had been waiting for the star, the prophesied Messiah, would be born under. And so it's Herod that gathers them together and sends them out and gives them the message, hey, that once you find this new Messiah, I'm going to fall down on my knees and worship him. It would almost be the point in the gospel narrative where you'd hear, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) That's not what Herod wants to do. You know, but that's just it. The power of the nativity story is the truth that Jesus was born into our world, just as it is today. All the political unrest, the adversity, illness, the things that he was challenged with we are challenged with today and I think that's the point that God in Jesus the Son through the Holy Spirit is incarnation comes to us and faces the challenges that we face faces the adversities that we face and look what the world does then they're threatened by a little child Violence and murder are seen as a solution to differences and where good people often have to travel under the cover of darkness to do their good work. So the season of Epiphany shows us the power of the word becoming flesh among us in the world and in the world of Herod's. The wise men take us on their journey to show us that Jesus gives us the gift that no evil plot set out against him could ever stop him from being with us, from loving us. It's why Matthew still proclaims the nativity has the good news because the babe in Bethlehem came into our imperfect world not only to give us love but to give us hope. Two things our world is in desperate need of. So the wise men, after studying those Old Testament prophecies, their life's work, they travel countless miles following the star in search for the awaited Messiah. And when they find Jesus, the Bible tells us that they fell down and worshipped him with great joy and when they were to head home by the way that they had mapped out and planned they were given in a dream a message they were warned that they had to go a different way home than they had planned because herod was out to get them and out to get jesus now think about that for a minute leaving bethlehem by another road meant completely going a different direction that was on plan. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a planner. So when I suddenly have to go another direction, there's a little bit of anxiety before I figure out the new plan. But they had their trip all mapped out, right? They knew the course, but when God asked them to make this major shift, and it was really to save their lives, they didn't, and they followed God's direction. I mean, how often are we able to be that open to God, sending us in the new direction? I mean, God giving us a new way home. And of course, after the wise men finally reached Jesus in Bethlehem, they had spent their time with him, and now for themselves, he was their personal Messiah. So how could they have ever been the same again to begin with? They had to go a new way home. Encountering Jesus in their lives changed everything for them. And no matter what the risk, what it meant for the retribution side of Herod, it meant their kingship and their power, their lands, their lives. What a life lesson for us about how to worship and follow Jesus, even when it means standing up to the Herods of the world. You know, their story reminds me that coming home is often risky. Not just risking the freeway in the snow, or wondering if every member in our family will actually get a lawn around that big table. The risk of sharing what's really going on in our lives with even one family member. The risk of being loved by family, all the history in families, and coming home for the holidays coming home to celebrate a new year. Sometimes we get a little anxious, and then when it goes well, we are so grateful. It's also the risk, though, of stepping out in our faith to make a real commitment to following Jesus, to becoming his disciples. So Jesus, he didn't come into the world to lie sleeping as the babe in the manger, that we sometimes leave him in he came to live in us he came to make a home in our hearts and like josh we are to put on jesus's love and his hope wear that love and hope wherever we go to give that love and hope to all whom we encounter as we seek to model our lives after jesus there are days when we we may wonder if we're ever going to get the hang of it, loving like Jesus loves our hope in Him despite adversity in life. And I think that's why being a disciple of Jesus today is a lifelong, every season, every day, sometimes every minute journey. One where Jesus comes to us in love and hope and gives us plenty of room to grow in his love and hope, like Josh and his big bathrobe that was too big. And when we pay attention to the signs along our journey, Jesus has a way of making his appearance known to us in some way, sometimes unpredictable, sometimes standing next to a man or a woman who believes in Jesus and just being in their presence or hearing their encouragement or having their listening ear, it can make all the difference, the ways that Jesus reaches out to us. Or maybe it's in a word in black Sharpie on a gold cardboard star meant to shed some light in an avenue to get to Jesus this year that we hadn't seen before. So you see, The wise men discovered that their star, growing in their faith, required taking a journey. And each one of us has that choice to stay or to go and follow Jesus. It's why journeys of faith often require leaving what is comfortable and familiar and risking something new and trusting that Jesus has us no matter what. And I think it's being on this journey of discipleship itself living life in the everyday trying to love others as jesus loves us spreading the hope-filled good news to others where we find our center where we find our home in our own skin and most importantly where we discover that jesus is walking beside us every day of this new year so jesus has come to you today To meet you wherever you are on your journey of faith. And he calls you to it. He calls you into this new year with faith and hope. And isn't it just like Jesus? Here we come to church this morning, ready to give him the gift of our worship, only to find him waiting to give us the gift of this new word and his unconditional love to go with it. I think we may wanna consider doing something Josh is doing for Epiphany this year. He's decided to buy a new bathrobe. It's gonna be two sizes too big on purpose so that every now and then he can put it on and be reminded of just how big the love of Jesus is for him and to hear again his hope-filled voice saying, it's all right. You'll grow into it. Amen.